the mountain now by faith, you have been resurrected to the life. So baptism pictures this good news of the scriptures called the gospel. It shows us that our identity, our movement into Jesus in death, and our union with him in his resurrection. Today we're going to talk about communion. And communion is this repeated celebration uh, of our union with Christ. We celebrate Jesus' body and blood that was sacrificed for us so that we could be united with him by faith. It's a tangible, physical picture of a reminder of that grace to us. So, turn in your Bibles with me. We're going to look uh, primarily today at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So, turn with me in your Bible as we look at this picture. And 1 Corinthians 11, we really get uh, the most exhaustive teaching on the Lord's Supper, not uh, at the time that Jesus instituted it with disciples, but later as Paul writes to this kind of messed up church in 1st Corinthians, church in Corinth, and he's kind of talking to them about how they, they kind of been celebrating the Lord's table all, uh, and so he gives them these instructions here. We're going to look at verses 23 through 26, okay, 1st Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, amazing observations, okay, and then we will celebrate at the table together this morning, okay? As you're getting there, let me pray for our time with God's word together, okay? Father God, we uh we just know you explain it, and I did I think we can all admit that we are pretty forgetful. And it's not just about small things, it's sometimes it's about the big things that we really use our profession, we really use as a reminder of your grace in us. Corrected them, and there's this 
In fact, the morning after these verses in verse 27, talking about the seriousness in which we take the table. And later, as we partake, I'm going to give you a moment to abandon yourself and to give your heart right and to consider if there's any relational sin that you have with someone else that's gathered here or something that hasn't been dealt with and uh, might preclude you from celebrating this morning. Christ died for sinners, so everyone who comes to the table is a sinner. Uh, but it is, it is a serious celebration that we have here as well as a joyful celebration. And sometimes there's things that we need to work out with other people, or we certainly want to make sure we've trusted Christ as our Savior before we partake of the Lord's table. Paul's going to tell the Corinthians that uh, they're misusing the Lord's Supper so badly that some of them have sin. Like they're, they're being disciplined because of their abuse or their misuse of the table. So this is, uh, first of all, a serious thing. Well, we mentioned that before I make these observations for our text. The first uh, point number one I just want to make is uh, first of all, in this passage in verse 23, he says, I received you the Lord when I also delivered you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and the key words on it, bring in there, and I received you and I delivered it. It is a tradition that has been handed down from Jesus. Okay? The church hasn't added these things. To our celebration and what we're supposed to uh, do and gather as a church. These are things that Jesus gave to us. We looked at the words of baptism last week from the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, and I challenged us if you think that teaching and learning is a critical part of being a disciple, how can you uh, neglect or downplay the word of baptism? Right there in the same passage, he says, Go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them. Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving meal. So, uh, while 
while we take this meal seriously, let us also take it with gratitude. Some people uh, some have summarized the whole Christian life in three words, guilt, grace, and gratitude. Guilt, grace, and gratitude. We're guilty before God. God gives us grace in Jesus' unmerited favor, and our life, because of grace, is now a response, is now a life of gratitude because of the grace that we've experienced. Jesus did this. This is an ongoing celebration. Versus baptism, which is done one time. This is an ongoing celebration of Thanksgiving. Now, we had a celebration yesterday in my house. We have two office birthdays one today, one on Tuesday. And so we celebrated, that's why we have some family in the house, and we celebrated birthdays yesterday. Now, let me ask the smart section over here kids, how many times are you bored in life? Because you were baptized, 
maybe you're confirmed, and then you stop breathing at that point. So mom and dad, you need to talk to your parents for a few minutes okay, on whether they're ready and whether it's appropriate for them to celebrate at the table. Okay? But that, baptism is a one-time celebration. Communion is a repeated celebration of thanksgiving. Point number three, it is a reminder of Christ's death. Probably already alluded to that, but uh, look here in the passage with me again. He says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, but he is spiritually empowering. 
and especially with us present as we partake of the Lord's Supper. I think that's true. I think that in the Lord, I think that in the ordinance of baptism and the Lord's table, Jesus is especially present in these two family traditions that He's given us. Now, Baptists have been uh, criticized for just emphasizing the memorialism. So I found actually John Locke in the hood, his quote on me, put this up by Miller and Erickson. Uh, I, Miller and Erickson says this, this is kind of uh, in, in argument against the Baptist. He says, how it's deal to avoid the conception that Jesus is present in some sort of magical way, okay, Catholicism, Lutheranism, or something like that. Certain Baptists, among others, have sometimes gone to such extreme as to give the impression that one place where Jesus most assuredly is not to be found is in the Lord's Supper. This is what one Baptist leader termed the doctrine of real absence of Jesus Christ. So, do you get a complaint? That, that some memorialists or Baptists have so turned off by the idea that Jesus would be physically present. They say, no, Jesus is not present here. Well, don't you believe that Jesus is omnipresent? That he's there? Well, yes, but he's not present here. Which is the exact opposite of what the Baptists have for centuries. So, as a church, with some Baptistic and Presbyterian backdrop in our tradition, what we believe, what we teach here, what happens in the world today, because we are most clearly Christians, we are remembered. But we do think, we do, we do think there is something that, that the Holy Spirit is doing something significant, empowering us as believers. Giving us grace, not for salvation, okay? It's not giving us grace for salvation, but it's giving us grace for any good and transform lives as we come to the table. He is satisfying us in a deeper way than we can Okay? You want to talk about that? Grab me out of words. Q-N-S-D, you know, But primarily, it's a murder. The last few weeks, I've been reconnected with a mentor of mine that I spent some time in Ethiopia, which his name is Chuck. Chuck's 79 years old today. Uh, not today, he's not perfect. He's 79, but I was with him. He was 60 years old. We were administrating in Ethiopia. And Chuck's family just helped him write a book about his life story. He was, he was a very influential in uh, ministry, and a really disciple of all young men through his time in ministry. Well, at 79, the last 10 or so years, Chuck uh, has had pretty much no short-term memory. Chuck gets up every day, and I watch the Facebook videos and YouTube videos, and pretty much Chuck gets up every day and asks his wife if he has any movement now. Hey, we got any plans ready? And, you know, 30 minutes later, 50 minutes later, hey, we got any plans that he cannot remember anything short-term memory. That's it's tough. So this week I watched this video where they finished this book and they're showing the video of Chuck opening up the, the author box sent from the publisher of the first books that he had written. And he opens it up and look at he's like, oh, that I wrote this? I'm like, yeah, you, you wrote it, yeah. And uh, do you think it's good? Is it, is it long enough? Do you think people 
Kiyaku, that he's really low, is the daughter uh, on the camera system. Yeah, yeah, you can get that, you can get your laptop, and then you have to go to the bathroom or something, and you go off the bathroom, and you were forgetting. You know, I have to tell you, yeah, come back to your computer, you're writing your book, remember? Some of us have relatives and folks that we know that we kind of get that. Oh, here's, here's, I'm getting to it.
Many of you have not yet taken that step of belief or baptism. And you want to talk to someone about that, you're going to be praying for it. Give you just a minute to pray silently and prepare your heart. Jesus, we thank you so much for your sacrificial love as we celebrate this week. 